He is perfect in all of his ways. He is wonderful, mighty. No matter what the situation, he has it all under control if we'll surrender it to him. He is an awesome God, amen? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for being a good father. Papa, we thank you for loving us, for pursuing us. Father, for wanting a relationship with us. Father, you don't just want a a fleeting Sunday visitation. No, you want a 24-7 relationship to know us from the inside out. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, we ask this morning that you would be in this message. Father, let me step out of the way so you can step in. Father, may it be your words that are spoken through me. Speak into our very hearts and our very souls that we would hear what you have for us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you. For loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thomas Akempa wrote, Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from grace. Pretty straightforward statement, isn't it? That means that obedience to what God wants is not delayed, is not hampered by other things, is not about what we want. Obedience to what the Father wants is instantaneous and does what He wants, regardless. And obedience is the first true step of any faith. It takes us out of our comfort zone. It changes who we are. It changes how we do things. It changes how we see things. Because obedience surrenders its will to its master and follows his commands, not our own. And in this case, our master is Jesus Christ, God the Father. So when he calls, when he tells us to do something, we must be willing right away, without pause, without delay, to step up and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I will do what you've asked. You see, we've been taught that the only person that we're responsible for or responsible to in this world is ourselves. And this morning I have bad news for you because the reality is, is that if you are following, if we are following Jesus Christ, and if we are in allegiance with him, then our obedience, our trust, who we are responsible to, all is focused on Jesus Christ and no one else. Everything we do, everything we say, every thought, every action we have reflects not on us, but on Him. This is exactly what Abram had to make a choice about in the passage we're going to read. 
Does he step out in faith and obedience to do what the Lord has commanded? Or does he go about the rest of his life doing it his own way? Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. The word of the Lord this morning. God doesn't mince words in what he's telling Abram here, does he? He tells him, get up, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's house. In other words, leave everything you've known. Every form of security, every form of safety, everything in the way, leave it behind. If Abram is going to follow God, he has to walk away from everything. You see, when we surrender our lives to Christ, just like Abram, we're called to leave behind our old life. We're called to leave where we came from and move into a new land. And at that point, the reality is, is that it is not in our comfort zone to move there. But as a child of God, we are called to be obedient to pick up and go to this new place if we want the blessings and the grace that God has offered. Hebrews 11.8 says this, It was by faith that Abram obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. How many of you like to just jump in the car and drive? Now imagine that's what it's like. Leave everything, jump in your car, and I'm going to take you to a new place. And by the way, you're not coming back here. How would that feel? Scary. Kimberly, close up the house. You're not coming back to it. Leave everything behind. Carl and the kids can go with you, but, but that's it. You're not taking anything, not even the family dog. Bart, surely pack up the house, leave the boat. None of it goes with you. I'm taking you to a new place. I remember when Crystal and I got the call to our first church, we'd interviewed with several in our first church, we got the call to go, and I was so excited. And then reality set in. That reality was, Crystal can tell you, I was no longer half an hour from family. I was 22 hours from family. That's the furthest I'd ever been from family. If I needed something, I couldn't just call up dad and go, hey, dad, I got a problem at the house. Can you come over and help me with it? The reality changed. I was out of my comfort zone. It was really terrifying. We were going to a church we had no real interview with other than, and I tell you, nowadays they do Skype interviews or they do a phone interview. Normally they do a Skype interview, but you do a Skype interview, then you do an on-site interview. The only interview we had done was an on-site interview. We were flown in blind. We got off the plane. Crystal will tell you. Abigail, <laughs> Abigail was wee bitty. We get off the plane in Louisiana, in Alexandria, 
And I look at Crystal and I go, I have no idea who's picking us up. We might be sitting at the airport <laughs> for who knows how long. I have no name. And the person picking us up didn't think to make a sign. And they had never met us. They had never seen us. And so here's this young couple with a baby standing there. And I remember Al walks up and he goes, hi, are you the Abenroths? Uh, yeah, hi, who are you? <laughs> I'm Al and I'm here to take you to the church. So here we go. We get in a car with somebody we don't know and we drive away. Nowadays, we call that crazy. Al could have turned out to have been a serial killer. Thank you, Lord. He was not. He was a wonderful person. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And, and, and I remember this whole situation playing out in my mind as we're doing this. We're getting on a plane. We're running through for Dallas-Fort Worth trying to change planes. We're going to meet people we don't even know. We're getting ready to leave everything we do know. It's scary. And yet Abram has to make a choice. Will I be obedient to what God wants? Or is my comfort more important to me? 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. In order for us to serve, we have to be obedient. We can't stay in an unhealthy environment. When God calls you to go, when God calls you to serve, He's calling you to get out of your comfort zone and to go do what He has called you to do. Otherwise, the reality is, is you have chosen to stay right where the world wants you. And life gets messy. Life gets hard. Things may still be easy, but you find the blessing disappears. If you want his blessing to continue on your life, you have to be willing to give up the things this world says are important and follow him. Leaving what we know can be scary. Sometimes leaving what we know isn't about leaving our families, but about leaving a way of life. It's leaving a culture. It's leaving a group of people behind. It's leaving bad influences. Think about that. God wants to remove these bad things from your life. He wants you to be willing to leave them so he can do something better for you. You see, God has called to set us apart. He has called us to live in this world. Hear this very clearly. We have been called to live in this world, not as part of this world. That means to be set apart, to be sanctified. That means to be able to walk away from the things this world puts in our way and to be solely focused on Jesus Christ. I read a story by J.M. Boyce this week, and he writes in this book called Christ Called a Discipleship, that during World War II, the pastor of a 10th Presbyterian church, the pastor's name was Donald Gray Branhouse, led the son of a prominent American family to the Lord. Now, this young man was in the service, but he showed the reality of his, conviction, of his conversion by immediately professing his faith in Christ before the soldiers of his military company. The war ended and the day came when he was to return home to his pre-war life in this wealthy suburb of a large American city. He was worried that he would fall back into his old habits. He was afraid that the love for his parents, his brothers, his sisters, his friends might turn him from following Jesus Christ. 
Branhouse told him that if he was careful to make a public confession of his faith in Christ, he would not have to worry about this. He would not have to give improper he would not have to give improper friends up. They would give him up. As a result of this conversation, the young man agreed that he was going to tell the first 10 friends he came across about his conversion. So the soldier went home. And almost immediately, in fact, when he was still on the platform for the train of a suburban station at the end of his return trip, he met a girl he knew socially. She was delighted to see him and asked him how he was doing. He told her, the most wonderful thing has happened to me. And she said, oh, you've gotten engaged. And he said, no, even better than that, I have taken the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. The smile quickly disappeared. The conversation became very short. And she left very hurriedly. He ran into another friend, and that friend got excited and said, hey, we're going to have to get together. We're going to have to go do some party. We're going to have to go do these things. And, and, and he said, no, I, I've fallen in love with Jesus. I can't do those things anymore. And again, the expression changed. Conversation dwindled off, and the friend left. Word got out that he had become some religious, hippie, free will loving convert and friends started to disappear you see the reality is is that word got out that he had become saved and that he was crazy for jesus not crazy for his old life and so jesus changed his life and in the process of changing his life he didn't have to leave his old friends because they weren't ready to accept Jesus, they left him. The reality is, is that when we follow Jesus, those around us who don't want to be part of that, you're going to find they get mad, they get bitter, they walk away, they call you names. I have family who calls me a holy roller. Bring it on. Because you know what? I'd rather be called a holy roller who's in love with Jesus and obedient to Jesus than just be called James. Because it's more about Jesus than it is me. I'd much rather be called a, a religious crazy person who's willing to go into those neighborhoods where it's crime infested and love on kids who, who don't have a chance than to be the person who sits casually every week in a pew and says we should do it but doesn't do anything. I'd much rather be the person who walks into the prison and says, I'm here to visit you. I know you made a mistake, but I want to show you the love and grace of Jesus Christ than the person that says, well, they got a chaplain. Let's pay him to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love our chaplains. You guys know that. I love other pastors, and we love what we do, but we are the body of Christ. That means like Abram, we have to leave the comfort of the building, and we have to step out into reality, and we have to love people as Jesus has loved us. Just this morning on the way in, on K-Love, as I was listening, they talked about a lady who is 98 years old and for the last 76 years old, the last 76 years, has gone into a women's prison every week 
to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And at 98 years old, when asked, when's she going to stop? Her comment was, not till Jesus takes me home. Wow. Getting out of the comfort zone. Not looking at what it means for us to be comfortable, but what it looks like for us to be set apart for Jesus Christ. You see, the world will see us differently. It may cost you friends. It may cost you family. It may cost you a job. But the reality of the matter is this. Living a life set apart from the world will never cost you more than you will gain through the obedience to Jesus Christ. The question is, are you willing to leave what you know, to leave your comfort zone, and to follow Jesus in true obedience so hearts and lives can be changed forever? That was the choice that Abram had to make. Now, God just didn't tell him to go. Here's the good news, because God told him when he asked when he asked somebody to give up something, he's not doing it to be cruel. He's doing it for our own good. He's also already got a plan ready to move to bless you. If you're willing to step out in faith. And here with Abram, he already has it laid out. Now take a look at this, and and Billy's going to put him on the screen this morning. Because God doesn't ask Abram to give up anything he's not going to replace. And the first one is this, to leave behind his homeland. That can be tough. But God says, I'm going to bless you with this. God promises to take him to a new homeland. God doesn't say where. God doesn't say what it's going to look like, but God says, Abram, if you will follow me, I will take you to a better place. Second, God asks him, leave his kin, give up the protection and the security of his family. Now, this isn't just security as in, dad, can you come over and help me? I got a busted pipe. No, this is security back then of, okay, if I leave my clan, if I leave my group of people, I'm now in an unknown place. Safety-wise, I'm on my own. Who will stand to protect me? So this one is a big one. He's leaving safety. He's leaving security. He's leaving the group with just his own biological family. And what does God offer him in return? I love this. God promised, I shouldn't say offer, God promised a new family that would become a great nation and descendants as numerous as as the stars. Anybody tried to count the stars recently? I love it when my kids look up and go, one, two, three, four. I go, we're going to be here a while. Because <laughs> the reality is, is that when God makes a promise, God's going to follow through with it. But God's not done with just two, is he? Because the third one is this. God says, leave behind your father's household and your inheritance. You want me to do what? Hold on, you're already asking me to leave the land that I've grown up in. You're now asking me to leave the safety and security of my family. Now you're asking me to leave my dad's house and my inheritance behind. My inheritance is what I get, what I'm going to live off of. That is important. Well, hold on. But what does God say? God promises in this a threefold blessing. And you go, well, that's not very exciting. 
God, what's a threefold blessing? Well, let's take a moment and let's talk about this. Because what God is saying is, if you are obedient to me, Abram, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And so here's what this threefold blessing is. The first is this. God will bless Abram. Think about that. God will bless him. Not his father. Not his family. Not the land. God. Second, God says, Abram, you will be a blessing. Because of your obedience to me, you will be a blessing. Wow. Isn't that powerful? For God to say, you're going to be a blessing. And then the third one is this. Abram will be a channel for blessings. Not enough that Abram will be a blessing, but blessings will flow through Abram. Now you notice I haven't used the name that he's been that we all know him as. This is before the name change. This is before Abraham. This is Abram. He has not left his family. He is still there. And God is saying, look, if you will trust me, if you will obey, if you will step out on this journey without the questions, without worrying about it, if you will just give it to me, not only am I going to give you a better place to live, am I going to make you numerous, but look at how I'm going to bless you. Look at how I'm going to work through you. And you know what the amazing thing is today? God wants to do the same thing through each and every one of us. But we have to be willing to leave where we were and follow him to where he wants us to go. Carl's going to Africa this summer. You excited? Yeah? A little bit nervous? A little bit scared? No? See, Carl, Carl's, Carl's hoping and knowing there's going to be a safe place. Now if, now, if they told you where you're going is lion infested, a little bit nervous yet? <laughs> the reality is, is he doesn't know where he's going, but Carl knows he's going to be a blessing. Because Carl has been obedient because he stepped up and said, here I am, Lord, send me. And he's going. God now says, Carl, I'm going to use you to bless people you don't even know. When you help with a ministry, when you help minister to these children, or when you minister in, in the Wings of Grace ministry with the Merriman House, or you minister down at the Jackson House through, through the Journey of Faith ministry, you step out of your comfort zone and you become a blessing to the men, women, and children that we minister to. Because you say, Lord, it's not about me, it's about you. And the good news is, is we see lives and hearts changed for Jesus Christ. Just this week, we had our fourth salvation come out of Awanas. God is good, amen? Fourth in two weeks! This one was Joe Jr. And I got to tell you, it was the, I was sharing with Sandra after, and, and, and Joe Sr., I mean, it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Because he walked up to me, and he stood next to me and he said, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. We hadn't even asked. We've been talking baptism. I wasn't expecting it, but God had a plan. And God moved in that little man's heart. And he said, I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. 
I don't know where God's going to take me, Pastor, but I'm willing to surrender my life. And, three, and a week before that, we had three young men do the same thing. We're having really deep theological conversations with some of these kids. I'll tell you, well, there's one of them that's working on a doctorate degree. Um, not only has pastor, pastor tied up, but has her dad tied up too. Um, but these are good questions. God is working because we're willing to get out of our comfort zone. Because we're willing to take the time to pour back into these children. You see, to be a blessing, you have to be filled with the blessing and the love of Jesus Christ. Which means you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone. Blessing has to do with being in the favor of God and being under His protection. It's all about Him and our relationship and our faithfulness and our obedience to what He has called us to do. Abram was to know God's blessing and was to be known as a great man. He was to be a channel of blessing to others. Church, God wants each and every one of you to be a channel of of blessing to everyone you come in contact with so they would know him think about what that means for you today if god wants you to do the same thing abram wanted you to do think about it what blessing does he want to share in this community through you for his kingdom Don't think, well, I can't do it. Don't tell God I'm too old. Don't tell God, well, my back hurts. Don't tell God, oh, oh, I'm sick. Don't give God an excuse. Really stop and think. Because God wants to use you as a blessing. Joanne, God wants to use you as a blessing this week. Whether you are aware of it or not. He wants to use you as a blessing for someone else. Doug, God wants to use you as a blessing this week. But the question comes, are you willing to be obedient and to step out of your comfort zone and to give everything over to him? To be a blessing means that we have to surrender everything God doesn't just want Sunday visitations. He wants full control of our lives in everything we do. He doesn't want negative thought. He doesn't want infighting. He doesn't want disagreement. No, He wants a body that says, we want to take your love and grace to this community and we're going to focus on it with everything we have. Because we want to be a conduit for your blessing. So the question is, have you asked yourselves or have you asked others, are you being a blessing? And has your life shown the blessings of Jesus Christ? Because if you're not showing the fruit of the Spirit, you can't claim the blessing. You must be living a life that shows His fruit, His love, His grace, and His mercy if you want to take His blessing to someone else. And finally, 
not only is it about the blessing, this is all about the example of Abram. And what is that example? It is obedience to leave home and to go on a journey of faith. Abram was given a command. It was clear cut. It was straightforward. There was no negotiation. There was no middle ground. It was Abram, go. Get up, leave everything you know, and go here and trust me. And what did Abram do? Instead of arguing with God, instead of finding an excuse, his answer was simple. He got up and he left. Can you imagine? It doesn't tell us where he was when he had this conversation with God. I mean, part of me, even as I'm sitting here preaching this, I think about the fact, can you imagine Abram having this conversation with God around the family dinner table? Imagine sitting at the table with all of your kids. And all of a sudden, one of your kids gets up and says, Mom, Dad, I love you. God told me I have to go. Huh? And they grab their stuff and they walk out the door and they don't say anything else. I mean, there, there's information here that we're not given that, that we can read into this. But just think of the power of the relationship that Abram had with God. That when God said go, Abram said yes right now. I go. Abram didn't argue. He didn't fight. It goes right back to Hebrews 11.8. It was by faith that Abram obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. How often would our lives be different if we simply chose to follow what God had called us to do and we went out into the world and shared the gospel? What would the blessings look like for us if we were more like Abram? If we were more willing to depart and leave the comforts that we know and to simply go? You see, Abram was not just wanting to know God's blessing. Abram wanted to know God. And because of that desire, because of that focus, Abram became known as a great man, and he was to be known as a blessing to others, as a man who walked in righteousness. All because he was obedient. In our culture today, that's hard. Because we've been brought up to ask every single question imaginable. Well, why do we have to minister to those people? Well, why do I have to love that person? Well, why do we have to go there? Why, 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 why? Imagine what our missionary trips would be, our mission trips would be like if every time the district planned a mission trip and all the people who wanted to go on the mission trip got together and said, okay, so we're going where? Why are we going there? Why can't we go here? Well, why, why not here? Why not there? Well, why, why not here? You'd never get anywhere. And that's often the problem in the church. We get so stuck in meetings, we get so stuck in the why, that we forget the commandment to obey and to go. And so instead of God's blessing 
falling on the church, God stops and says, do you want to obey me? Or is it about you? Because until you choose to follow me in obedience and faith, I'm not going to bless you. And it's not that he's doing it to be mean. He does it because he knows we're not ready for the blessing. You see, this is what God wants to do in our lives and through us. He wants us to be a channel of his blessing, a channel for his hope, a channel of love to others who are struggling, who are hurting, who don't know him. He wants us to be that channel to this world that takes him out of this building and into the community and into the streets. Not because we're afraid of him, but because we love him so much, we want to follow every single example and every single word he gives us because it's all about him. God's promise to Abram was that he would be gracious to those who helped him and he would punish those who cursed him. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? Abram, if they help you, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to take care of them. But Abram, if they get in your way of doing my will, of following me, well, that'll be between me and them and they won't like the result. I don't know about you, but I would much rather be on the side of the blessing than be on the side that, but God, but God, but God, I'd much rather say yes, Lord. We sing that song, yes, 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 Lord. And nowadays I wonder how often we should sing it as maybe, 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 Lord. Stop looking at the maybe. Stop looking for the excuses. Start following his heart to leave home and go where he has called you to go. When we walk in his ways, when we live in obedience to him, God shows his love and his grace to us, and he does this so that we can show that love and grace to others. But to those who stand in the way of his work, the way of his cross, they will find themselves stricken with a life of hardship, with trials, pain, and suffering unlike anything they've ever experienced. Luke 17, 28 through 31 says this, It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day of Lot, but the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On the day no one who is on the rooftops with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Church, stop looking back. History is important. But the reality is, is you're not going to know when the trumpet's going to sound. And are you ready? Are you going to be running out of the rooftop or over the fields or wherever you are when Jesus comes and, hold on, I'm not ready yet, because if that's your response, it's too late. You've already missed your opportunity. Abram was given a command to go. 
He didn't argue. He didn't debate. He went. And the same is true for us today. We have a command. Go and make disciples. What are we going to do? Will we stay comfortably inside the walls, waiting for them to come to us? Which the reality is, is they're not going to come to us. Or will we go to them? Will we step out in faith? Guys, I'll share with you this morning, we know the neighborhood elemental court is changing. Not for the better. But on that same token, I want you to know something. Carl and I went down this week and talked to the housing authority. And we had a wonderful conversation with the housing authority. Do you guys want to know that we're the only church that's asked to go into elemental court and work with them? And we've been granted full permission from the housing authority. We will be working to do two VBSs each month during this summer on Wednesday nights to take our bus, our barbecue, and, to, and I'm going to talk to Steve Melvin. I remembered. Steve and I, Steve and I are going to talk this week about him bringing some of his teens over. And we're going to go down there twice a month when we don't do children's programs. And I want to encourage you all to come and get on a bus. If there's not room on the bus, bring your own car and to come down and to get to know these parents. Guys, you can tell me they won't come to church. Well, fine. They won't come to church. It's time for us to go to them. And I want you to know the housing authority, Carl, will tell you word for word when we talk to them. They didn't miss a beat. The lady we met with looked at us and said, I am so excited somebody wants to do this. Send us the dates you want to go. And she said, the only, the only requirement is, is send us the dates because if we see a large mass group meeting and we don't know what's happening, the police will be there. We said, no, we'll let you know. But guys, do you, do you hear that? They want us to be there. Now, at the same time, I'm going to tell you, you know who doesn't want us to be there? Satan doesn't want us to be there. And he is fighting tooth and nail to keep us out. We know the guy who runs that neighborhood. He has unrecoverable cancer in the throat. Pray for him. Pray not only for the cancer because we know cancer is a debilitating disease. Pray for his soul. Pray for the family. Pray for each and every one of those kids. You know, on Wednesday nights, Carl and Josh take that bus down there, and we have anywhere. This week was the lowest we've had. We had 10 kids this week. We run 14 to 16 kids that we bring in from that neighborhood. God doesn't want those kids here, or God wants those kids here. Satan doesn't want them here. But you know what the difference is? God is going to win. There's changes going on in that neighborhood. What can you do? Well, one, you can pray. I need prayer warriors. 920 Sunday morning, come for prayer. Pray at home. But I'm, I'm going to keep pushing 920 Sunday morning prayer room. I mean, I want Carl to have to come and say, Pastor, I can't fit everybody in the prayer room. 9 to 930, Tuesday through Friday. Come in, join the prayer room. Crystal's here. Guys, we need to be on our knees in prayer, saying, Lord, here I am. I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to leave everything I know to take your word to this kingdom.
Guys, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on when it's happening. Every ministry we have needs to be bathed in prayer. I look forward to the day that people come and say, Pastor, we love the service, but we know we have a calling to be in that prayer room praying for the service. To not only be praying for the worship team, but to be praying for the congregation, to be praying for the message, to be praying for hearts and lives to be one to you. Father, that souls would be transformed because that's what he wants to do. But like Abram, it means we have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to be obedient. Let me leave you with this story. I read about Edward VI this week. He was the king of England in the 16th century, and he attended a worship service. I didn't know this until I read this. He stood when the word of God was read. He took notes during this time and later studied them with great care. Through the week, he earnestly tried to apply them to his life. That's the kind of serious-minded response to truth the Bible is calling us to have. A single revealed fact cherished in the heart and acted upon is more vital to our own growth than a head filled with the lofty ideas about God. One step forward in obedience is worth a year's worth of study. So my question this morning is, Church, are you ready to step out in the journey? Are you ready to step out in faith? I know we got a lot going on, and we're not adding right now, but we, we've got some amazing ministries. Are you willing to commit? Are you willing to commit to prayer? Are you willing to commit to being involved? Are you willing to commit to being out of your comfort zone? Going into a place that may not make you comfortable. Let's be honest. If you did not grow up in the neighborhood these kids grow up in, it's not going to be a comfortable place for you. But the reality is it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And I believe that God is going to use this church to not only change this community, but he has put us in a key location to start by changing the neighborhood of Elemental Court. He has put us in a key location to minister to the women at the Merriman House. He has put us in a key location to minister to men and women at the Jackson House. He has put us in a key location to be a lighthouse and a beacon to this city for Jesus Christ. But it means we have to step out in obedience to him. you bow your heads with me this morning heavenly father it's a tough subject the reality is lord that some of us will will choose to stay where we are fear will win and father for those who are struggling with that fear right now we just pray that that those hearts and those lives would have a one-on-one -on -one conference call with you. Father, that you would work through these issues with them. 
And Father, for those who, who are sitting on the fence that go, oh, I, I really want to do it, but I'm not sure. Lord, help them to take a leap of faith. Help them, like Abram, to say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm just going to go. And Father, for those who are already ready to step up and jump in, those who, who know that, that this is what you've called us to do, Father, I ask that you would just continue to energize, continue to encourage, continue to lift up. Father, for these ministries, for the Wings of Grace ministry, Lord, we, play, we pray blessings upon the Merriman House. We ask that you would just pour your spirit out on the women and families who are there. Father, we pray for the women who are ministering there right now, the women from this church who go. We ask that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them love, that you would give them grace beyond their years, Lord. Father, that they, they're, they would just be filled with you to the point of overflowing, that everyone they come in contact with would just sense your love and your grace. Father, we pray for Carla and the Journey to Faith ministry. Lord, we pray that as she ministers down at the Jackson house, that you would just continue to pour out in her and through her, Lord. Father, that you would use her to reach out to these women and these men that are down there, Lord. Father, that, that you would just speak into hearts and lives. Father, we claim this land for you. Father, this morning we come before you. We thank you for what you've done in the lives of our children, Lord. We thank you for the hearts that have been transformed. We thank you for the lives that have been saved. Father, we thank you for the questions that are happening. We thank you for their desire to learn and to grow. We thank you for the commitment of those in elemental court who have stood up and said, my kids are still going to that church. Lord, this morning, as, as power structures change, as authority changes, we pray that you would pour out your spirit on elemental court. Lord, we pray that you would take this back for you. Father, that any evil that resides, any darkness that hampers, Lord, that you would deal with it. Father, we bind it. We cast it out. Father, we claim this neighborhood for you. And Father, this morning, we pray for Toby. He's come up with every reason why he's not welcome in church. And for every reason he's given, Father, you've given him the answer. That's the exact reason you should be here. Because I love you. And so, Father, while he struggles with throat cancer, we just pray you would use this as the opportunity to speak into his heart, to speak into his life, to save his soul. Father, we know that there is no life, no heart beyond you. And so right now, we claim him for you. Father, we pray that you would wrap your arms around him like never before. That in that household, you would send your angels. And Father, that you would use him in that neighborhood for you. He doesn't know it, but you have a plan for him, Lord. And so, Father, we pray right here, right now for him. Father, we pray for each and every one of our teachers as they minister to these children, Lord, that you would just pour into them. Pour not only your wisdom, Lord, but fill them with your love and your grace. 
Father, that these children would experience your love like never before. And Father, we pray for our city. May we leave this place looking for places to love people for you. May we not see places not to go, but may we see new lands to move into for your kingdom and your grace and your glory. Father, go with us this morning. Speak into us. Speak to us. Just like Abram, may we have the faith to step out in obedience on the journey of faith so that we too may be filled with your blessings and that we might become a channel for your blessing to others. Father, bless each and every person here this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Go in his love, his grace, his mercy. You are dismissed.